With the gift of hindsight, a certain scene in the novel It is even more terrifying now. We literally can't elaborate further on this podcast <laughs> because it's completely disgusting. This is The Watchers on the Couch. Episode 2, Habeas Corpus of Castle Rock. I'm here with my co-host, Debbie. Debbie, say hello to the listeners. Hello, listeners. We're joined uh, immediately on the table by Venom. Immediately. Lindsay's cat. Cousin to my cat. Uh, Do you have any comment on this episode, Venom? Did you watch it? What do you think? All right, that's about what I thought. (laughs) Turned his head. We are a podcast covering the Hulu series Castle Rock. And why are you starting on episode two? Don't do that. Go back to one. Right. That's You're being stupid. Stop what you're doing. Download the first episode. Listen to that. Then listen to this one. So we have a lot to cover this week, but I want to do some follow-ups on last week's episode. Okay. Or, well, I don't even know if this will come out the same week as the first one since. Okay, so they released three episodes of the show at once, and we've done two this week. So I don't know when they're going to be released. That's kind of in Tim's hands. But anyway, on our last episode, Mm -hmm. you were wondering where Mr. Mercedes aired at? Yes. Um... It was on AT&T's channel, Audience. the hell is that? It's apparently a channel that is only on the AT&T cable. Oh, and I then, used to have that. Yeah, and then also they put it on DirecTV. I don't have that and either. And you don't have that either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the group of fans that were mad oh. that... Um, they couldn't watch the show. Yeah, I'm going to get on the mad bandwagon. And there's, well, there's a lot of those kind of bandwagons these days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they did announce yesterday that it's going to be on the UK version of <laughs> Amazon. Oh. <laughs> so that also doesn't help us. Nope. But um, they are releasing it on DVD, which also doesn't make sense because it was put out in high definition. So why are they putting it on DVD instead of Blu-ray? That makes no sense whatsoever. So no Blu-ray at all? Uh, As far as today is concerned, no. But the DVD comes out uh, second week of August. We're hearing more cat munching again. (laughs) That's great. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Also, since the listeners didn't get to hear my stupid, I'm just going to call myself (laughs) out. (laughs) Um. The actor who plays uh, Dale Lacey, the former uh, warden who mm-hmm. kills himself in one of the first scenes of episode one, I thought he was Frank Darabont, who was the director of The Mist and stuff. And I said that on the episode, but almost immediately realized <laughs> I'm stupid. That's not the same guy. Nope. <laughs> they look really similar, though, because I do. sent you yeah, pictures. Yeah, like, they do. I just assumed it was because he looks that similar. Bald head. Yeah, and we even did a preview episode where we covered all, who all the art, actors are. I know, and so. you know what? I don't know what I did with that sheet that I had, yeah. but we would have known that right away. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, corrections department. Oops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the only. I didn't haven't listened back to the entire episode though. I think that's the only mistakes that we made. Um. Well, maybe the, okay. I made a bad assumption oh, okay. about. About something that we saw because we didn't have any other evidence. I sure, don't think. but things are clearly <clears throat> answers are coming quicker than we thought they would, and yeah. that kind of thing, as shown by episode two. Yes. So, since we have a hell of a lot to cover in this episode, let's get right to it. All right. Um. So, open episode is a scene that we kind of saw previously, but it sort of goes further than that. Mm-hmm. Zaleski's in the security office 
Uh, I had noticed on, because I, I was able to watch this one two times, I noticed all of the security monitors and the computers in the office, everything's like old. Yes. Like the, normally in a scene like this in a show, everything would be like flat screens High tech, and yeah. that kind of stuff. And they obviously made a choice to have nothing in this prison be updated. No. <laughs> well, because they said the, the town's off the map now. Right. So they probably have like no funding or yeah. anything like that. So that makes sense. But uh, okay. So Zaleski's seeing the bodies all over the place again. He sounds the alarm, mm -hmm. and then we see him go out onto the prison floor, and he's not seeing any bodies. <laughs> bodies gone. But he's walking around with a loaded weapon, right? Yes. Uh, a fellow corrections officer kind of sneaks up on him. Not on purpose, but uh, he fires his gun and almost shoots the guy. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't shoot him. I exactly. mean, he, he, was like, he turned around and bam. He's like as close as I am to you. Yes. You know, so... He should have shot that guy, but um, turns out it's a false alarm, and then it shows another close-up of the, the, the kid. kid, and he's just sitting there looking super creepy. Um, I wrote down that it looked as if he was seeing something mm -hmm. or doing something in his, you know... If yeah, the way they frame this kid is that... It looks like he has something to do with whatever's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or else they wouldn't even show him. Right. right? So, quickly after that, we go to uh, Dale Lacey. Voiceover. Voiceover. Uh, and we get more views over the town, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks about... He gives us some Easter eggs. Right. He's talking about some of the previous events. Mm-hmm. And then we go to uh, an event from his childhood in fall of 61. Yes. Where it's a football game. And this is sort of something we saw in the trailer, too, where there's a mascot and a little girl sees the, the mascot. Oh, it's a cougar, I think, is their, yeah. is their mascot. But he's standing up on the top of the school. And he just waves. He waves. And <laughs> the little girl waves and she's all happy. Yeah. And uh, the narration, he's saying, like... There's a bunch of evil stuff going on in this town, and it hit close to home, and I should have known about my brother, and his brother apparently was the mascot who jumps off the building and kills himself. Dead. Dead, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so. Well, while he's talking in there, we get uh, the body reference. He talks about... And Cujo. Mm -hmm, remember the dog. And he's the what, he says, what about all the stories you didn't hear about? And right. his brothers is one of them. Yes. Um, question I had about this is how did that little girl, or how did the mascot see the little girl I'm that far away? I'm wondering like, if if she's a sister of theirs. I, I, I felt like it was like a family wave, you know? Like, yeah, I don't think so, though. I like, think she I just, know like, that's saw, my brother up there. Or... Yeah, I think she just saw a happy... Mascot. Uh, mascot just on top and, of a building yeah and <laughs> but the mascot with his head on should not have been able to see this little girl that far away waving no i maybe i'm nitpicking but maybe he had binoculars on underneath you don't know <laughs> you're right i don't, you don't know, know him <laughs> well if he fell with binoculars in there that's almost surely what killed him is the binoculars hit him like or like stabbed through his eyes or something. Well, then he died just as epically as his older brother did later exactly. in life. <laughs> so then we see some other um, murders, and you know he he's like, "Take my house, for example." Yeah. So did all this stuff happen in his house? Yeah. Blood on the walls. Yeah. Somebody killed themselves in the tub upstairs. In the tub, all the water dripping down the steps. Right, and then we go downstairs, and this is, I think, this is a different. Time. Like, they're showing two different yeah. murders that happened in his house. Downstairs, there's a, uh, a well, woman has hooked her exhaust through a hose into the room. And the parakeet is dead and the man is dead. Yes. So, you got to assume, like, that's her husband or something like that. Yeah, and she's in the garage in the car. Yeah. And then it goes... And then it opens the garage door and it's Dale, uh, I guess, probably... I want to say it's like late 80s or something like that because um, Bush is on the TV. Oh, it's 1991 because we see the missing poster of Henry D. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's, you know. Yeah, he looks, he looks like he's younger. in his 40s. Right. He's got hair, but. Right. Let's make a copy. <laughs> and the uh, the woman murdering her husband is maybe like in the 60s or 50s or something yeah, like that. Th- She's sort of dressed like with the pillbox hat and stuff like right. that. So um, then we see him go. He's leaving the house. He's going and he's talking about how God spoke to him and um, told him to build it. Yeah. You see him actually building the cage and there's no kid in there yet. Mm-hmm. And he said, God is who told him to make that cage. Right. Yeah. Uh, he says it was like a mission or a message sent from God sort of thing. Um, how did it, my question about this is like, how did he know he'd need a cage if the kid's not even there? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I. It doesn't seem like it's a message from God. That's all I'm going to say. Like, it seems like it might be another supernatural Something. or evil force telling him to do this. I have some more theories pertaining to around the kid and stuff that we'll get into later, but it's all just really weird. It is. And, and any theory I keep thinking of, I keep squashing because <laughs> right. I'm like, no, that can't be it. Um,. So then we move to, uh, this is more present day, right? Mm -hmm. Deaver visits the wife of Lacey. Yes. Knocks on the door and she lets him in. And we find out she's blind. Right. Which we didn't really know before. Right. Um, Which makes sense. Because she's like looking away from him when when he's talking. But in, uh, in the office of this guy, when she goes to answer the phone, somebody calls immediately as soon as he walks in the house. Um, there's a file of news clippings again. We see a bunch of mm-hmm. Easter eggs in there from the dead zone. And there's, remember, there's crosses and Bible cards right. and Jesus pictures everywhere. Yeah, so he, he, uh, he kind of sifts through some stuff in the office. He opens up the drawer and there's a bunch of these calendars mm-hmm. and I was, trying, advent calendars I was trying to write down all the dates and then it got way too quick for me <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if the dates are super meaningful i think it's just that he was obsessive with this certain uh bible quote right mm-hmm. and um it's basically about a jailer caring for prisoners and then baptizing them right it's something like that um so then Ruth gets off the phone. She comes Martha. in. What's that? Martha. Martha, sorry. I fucking wrote down Ruth for some reason. Anyway, first mistake of the show. <laughs> she, we can uh, edit that out later. She asks him if he's black, and he gets uh, he puts the stuff away pretty quickly, and then he gets back up, and he's like, excuse me? She's like, are you black? He's like, last time I checked. <laughs> so we think, like, Okay, she's super racist. We didn't know mm-hmm. that. But then it turns out the person on the phone told her that Henry Deaver's at her house. The only, apparently, the only black person that's around. Yeah, that's the only one they know. Um, and she got mad. Yeah, she got mad. She's like, you take advantage of a blind lady, you know. Um, there's a special place in hell for you, you know. And uh, he notices that the basement is locked up. Yep. So there's something going on in there. We'll probably figure out what's happening there later. Hopefully. Either, I mean, they should pay that off. If they don't, that'd be ridiculous. But we'll either find that out from a narration thing again, or he'll break into her house, or something will happen to Martha, mm-hmm. and then he'll be able to just go over there. If the neighbors aren't watching. like Right. Um, so where do we go next? Flip the page. <clears throat> the church. Yeah, we're at the church and we see Jackie Torrance, which we were wrong about in the last one because we were assuming yeah, who she was. Right, right, right. She turns out Jackie is the town gossip that we were referring to before. Mm-hmm. She it seems like her character just is at the church because she wants to know crazy shit that's happening in the town. Like yeah. she, she, because she, he's asking if. He's basically, okay, so the preacher is in the front. The preacher of today is in the front. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of going over prisoners that they're getting ready to go up to the prison and, like, help out whatever prisoners want to get involved in the church. Right. And pray So for he's calling out these separate cases. On the second one, it's like a six murder 
you know, like all kind of desecration of a grave and all kinds of, she raises her hand almost immediately. I almost wonder though, if it's almost like a penance because of her family name. It, that's certainly possible. Yeah. You know, like maybe that's why she wants to know that... everything about the history of the town yeah. because she's a part of the crazy. If that is the same Torrance family, they mm-hmm. haven't, they never really established, they haven't established that. that. No, but I don't know if they ever will. But it's it's weird. not a it's not a well known last right. name. It's not like Smith. So then the church guy has a Henry walks in and he says, "No, I'm I'm I am familiar with this congregation." You know what I mean? So go. Then the next scene is those two talking together, and once again, this guy is assuming that Henry is a guilty party. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's why he left and. Everybody in this town just uh, totally assumes. assumes he's a guilty party. So, mm-hmm. um, but maybe he is. We don't know because yeah. Henry doesn't know. I don't think there's any other important information in this conversation. No, they just. Oh, they talk about they talk about the old warden for a little bit, and he and the uh, the guy tells Henry that, um, that Dale. Would like drop off Martha and then go off oh, in the woods, in the woods. Mm-hmm. by himself, which you can only, I mean, from what we've seen so far, you only assume that he just goes to the bluff all the time. Yeah. That's his, that's his, uh, comfort place, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move back to Zaleski and the kid again. Yes. And the cell. It's a quick scene, um, nothing really there besides him trying to get him to talk, and then talking about he has a pregnant Yeah, he's going to be a dad, mm-hmm. which is when girlfriend. I was assuming he was mm-hmm. looking at baby names. So. Right. So, good prediction there. Um, okay, so then we have Pangborn at the bar with the warden lady. Yeah, I've just been naming her new bitch warden. <laughs> yeah. They... Uh, they showed. They actually showed her. Showed her name badge. So I yeah, I think I wrote that down. To it was really I quickly. I'm sure her name. But and I stuff still. Is online, I still just been calling her new bitch. People know who we're talking about. Yeah. So Pangborn just comes up and is very talkative with her, and he talks about how um, the old warden locked the devil in a box, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets the idea of who he's talking about pretty kid, immediately yeah. and she's getting she wants to leave right away because this creep is coming up and talking to her <laughs> but then she sits back down and is like oh this is interesting um yeah he says the devil was a boy yeah so then we find so pangborn knows about this yeah which was i did not expect that at all no um i kind of thought the pangborn would be on a, a totally good character and not involved in any of this craziness like because he came and saved Henry mm-hmm. earlier, so you just see him as sort of like a white knight sort of character. Yes, he's grumpy, and yes, he's like the maybe taking advantage of his mom. Yeah, he's he's like Henry's uh, tough love dad sort yeah. of. <laughs> but um, so what? So what does this potentially mean? You know what I mean? That's what you ask yourself after this. Is like there's so much you can sort of yeah theorize I mean, about this. I mean it. It seems like they're they're assuming that. Because they caught this boy and put him in a box, that that just proves why nothing bad has happened since then, and yeah. that's why you can't let him out of the box. Well, yeah, and that's he, that's what Pangborn is telling her is like he thinks that's it's going to be all butterflies and clouds yeah. and stuff after this, but it's turning out not to be that way. <laughs> well, because they let him out of the box, and he killed. Well, he killed himself. You know what I mean? Like he killed himself before he even got let out of the box. Always oh, makes you wonder if he knew that he was going to exactly. get out of the box. I have a bunch of theories and stuff about this, and we'll get to that later. I guess because he knew he... Okay, yeah, he kills himself because he knew he's getting pushed out, and new bitch is going to find the kid. So he's yeah, got to kill well, himself. I don't know. Did they ever definitively say why he was retiring? Were they... I don't, know. I don't think they did. They, like, pushed him out. Maybe yeah, I guess like they were give, like they gave him a huge pension. Okay, because that's what Zaleski couldn't figure out. Like he's gonna have all this money. Yeah, so why would he? Why would you kill yourself? Yeah. Like okay, that retiring was a good thing, and so I guess him offing himself was preemptive because he knew a shitstorm was heading his mm-hmm. way. Because he's if had a kid. They're gonna up. leave that kid alone. Yeah, something bad is gonna happen. 
So that might mess with some of my theories later, but we'll, <laughs> I'm just going to throw them out anyway, and we'll see what happens. Okay, so I also asked, like, is Pangborn watching Henry's mom because of this? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, to keep close? Yeah, like, does since Henry is somehow involved in this, maybe Pangborn is, like, being her, you know, her knight just in case something happens. You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. That's... Just something I went through my head while I was watching it. But Anyway, so, okay, we move to the warden and the deputy warden. And they're down in the hole. And they're looking at the cage and looking at a box of fingernails. Yum. So, apparently, the old warden was also cutting this kid's fingernails and saving them. Or the kid was. And that's just where well, he put them. Yeah. But, like, I think he want, they kept him down there because he wanted, like... Less than zero evidence that yeah. this thing was a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That this kid was a person. <laughs> this, this thing was yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a smart way of putting it. Um, so, Warden basically tells the deputy warden she wants it swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. No. Um, they put him uh, in a cell with a Nazi guy. So, that's not good. Nope. <laughs> um. I want to make sure I'm not skipping any Easter eggs. We mentioned the opening narration references, right? Mm. To the Mm -hmm. body and the strangler and stuff. Okay, so then we move back to Henry's house. um, And I actually wanted to mention this because there's some narration from Dale Lacey again. Mm-hmm. saying that uh, a few people in the town knew what horrible things that they did and and he hoped that they had all forgotten them by now. Right. And then immediately it goes to Henry's house and his birthday cake. So um, I think that might be a clue that there's a connection there. That like Henry's mom may have saw something and that's why she is kind of messed up now. Like it... it, it she, I, and this is all a theory. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, like, we don't have any evidence of this. But she's so messed up now. And it's not just her old age. Like, she got messed up by something. You think? Some kind of force. It's more than dementia? Yeah. And, I, and that's purely based on the narration connected to immediately going to the, the birthday cake. And in this conversation she has with them, she says, oh, you probably don't even remember that or something no. like that. You know what I mean? And it's his birthday. So, like, if he's a kid, he's going to remember his birthday. It's at least seven, yeah. So, something is... So, I, I just get weird feeling about this. Right. Like, something is weird there. Something's weird everywhere. So it's, Something is weird in everything that is happening on this show. <laughs> yeah. But that makes it super interesting. So, that's why I'm like... It does. That's why I want to watch the next episode before... <laughs> But we don't get to. Nope. <laughs> okay, so anyway. They're having the birthday conversation. The crazy neighbor girl uh, is <laughs> she, obsessed. Yeah, we with find Henry. out she lives next door. Yeah. Like she was the person he saw. Right. And she's uh she's watching him. And her name's Molly. Right. She's watching oh. him uh kind of get to his house and meet with his mom and stuff like that. Yeah. So um Molly meets with her sister, who is the actress that was in. Well, um, but hold on, Fargo. We, oh we, yeah, go we ahead. see a flashback oh, that's of right. them like clicking between like bedrooms, like lights, you know, mm-hmm. flashing lights back and forth. So it almost seems like they're friends, right? But then it seems like maybe she was more one sided than him because she had a whole notebook full with his name, right? And she had binoculars to stalk him, yeah. And she actually saw him get into the car with his dad that day, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. When we go to this next scene, the her sister actually references that. She calls her the voyeur girl of yeah, 1991 she, or something. Yeah, psychic. So people knew about it. The fa- her family knew about it, especially because mm-hmm. later on in the episode we get something with them too. But so so yeah. So now we go to this kind of dirty rundown bar, bar or whatever. Yeah, bar with a really weird bowling alley. Did yeah. you see that? It was the whole setup of the place is weird. It I think very I, odd. that's the same place that they're at later. Yeah, it, and it's very odd. Yeah. So they go to this, 
to this restaurant or whatever it is. And um, Molly's trying to get her to sign off on this thing so she can get some money and revitalize the mill in the town that we see the mill earlier, like the roof is caved in mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, turns out she signed her sister's name. Yeah, she just forged it and filed yeah. it and was like... And she says that she's going to be on some kind of local cable access show where she's going to go on and talk, talk about, about how she's going to revitalize the town. Right, and her sister says you're just going to freeze up like you always do. Mm-hmm. And she calls her a drug addict. Which we, we learn she says it's to muffle the noises on mm-hmm. her head. Which is like... Something an addict would say to justify their behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, then uh, Molly leaves and we move to the next scene, which is the kid in the Nazi again. And they're in the cell together. Yeah. And uh, the, the kid's Nazi's still like, by the door. Yeah. The Nazi's like, what's, you know, he's like, you're awful quiet. Something like that, you know. And then he gets real close to him. He's like. The kid says a full sentence, which is weird. Yeah, very. He says, "You don't want to touch me." And then this very creepy pedo smile on this guy's face, this Nazi's face. Yeah, and then cutscene. Then the (laughs) cutscene. Okay, so then we go back to the bar later in the day, and uh, the town gossip who was in the church earlier goes up to Henry and is asking him all about, um. She wants to What's see his feet because she wants to see the frost, right, right, frostbite right, right. on his feet. And he's like, no, no. And she's like, no. Uh, no to the frostbite? No to the frostbite? Or no, you're not going to show me your feet? He's like, I'm not going to show you my feet. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I'll show you my feet. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually kind of like her. I think she's good yeah. for that role. She fits well. Um, question, does Henry have all of his toes? Do you think he does? I think he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's really a question whether or not I'm he sure, does. I'm sure he does. That was just a silly question. Um, did the dog bury those two? Yeah. Uh, more seriously though, is there a serious? Is there a normal person that in is in this town? I don't think there is one single normal person in this town. No, not not that we've met. I don't think it's getting kind of ridiculous. Except maybe the sister. Yeah. Right, the older sister is the most logical right. and reasonable one so far. Of course, she gets screwed over, though. Big <laughs> um, time. So the girl explains Henry's story that has kind of been around the town since he left. Uh, people think he pushes that off the bluff. And uh, Zaleski walks in with some of the other guards. And, and remember, he says that he di- his dad died at his house. So Henry right. believes... His dad died at home. Yeah, so the whole story is bullshit. You know, there's no, there's no truth behind it whatsoever. But well, actually, no, because we see at some point it might be in my notes. I don't want to flip forward, but yeah. they, but they, somebody else confirms that he died at the lake. Oh, okay. So I found it weird that only Henry seems to think he died at home. Yeah, that is. I'm well. We don't know when Henry left the town yet, also. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, once he got saved by Pangborn, we don't know what happened Before in the that. interim. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he could have... So, something happened where he left. We don't know if he left when he was a kid or... No, you know, none of that has been explained yet. So, I guess we'll get there. Hopefully, they pay it off eventually. Uh, Zaleski walks in. He pa- Henry passes him a note. And I should mention that that's why Henry was there in the first place. He's yeah. trying to find a guard. He's trying to find Zaleski in particular. Okay, so then we go home uh, to Henry's home. And Pangborn is digging, digging. in the backyard. <laughs> in the night. Yeah. And uh, Pangborn explains he's digging for his mom because his mom uh, thinks that a dog, a mutt that used to come around and she would like leave out scraps for him. And she loves this dog named Truck, I think it was. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. Um, his mom thinks this dead dog might be back alive going through the trash. So that's a sort of <laughs> Easter egg from Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, just sort of like related themes there. Yeah, of course. But she thinks that this dog is just back alive and he's just Because that's up. what they do in that town. Yeah. Apparently. It's, it's, 
I don't know. I, like, he must really. Ca- you get from this that he must actually really care for. His I mean, mom, how though. could you not? I yeah. mean, if you to didn't, dig up if that you much, didn't care for somebody, would you really dig up a dead dog and take a photo of it <laughs> right. for proof? Um. When I saw this, I'm like, okay, well, I'm on to something with this dog situation. Because <laughs> we talked about last week how the dog. That shaggy it's dog. It's not the same dog, though, I don't think. No, it was the same, it was the same shaggy it was dog. The same dog. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I just saw, like, I just saw a dead dog and was like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean the. Yeah, no, we see that dog later. Yeah. But this dog that's in the, that's in the suitcase or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, just thought there's something to that because <laughs> i don't know my dog theory there's something with my dog theory i'm not sure what's going on there but uh anyway um like i said earlier pangborn the way he talks to henry he's like his tough love dad yeah um and then henry low-key threatens alan right i and i kind of get the feeling like based around this relationship and this their interactions like I sort of get the feeling that Pangborn is going to be some kind of knight in this story, and he's going to help save Henry or his mom at some point. Yeah. Just because, like, he's so protective of Henry's mom. I think he's protective of Henry's mom, but I don't know if he's going to be that protective for Henry. I think. See, I think that he's. They're going to play. They're going to make us think that he doesn't care that much about henry but he really but does. he really does okay you know what i mean because that's a that's a it's sort of a trope that happens in these kind of dramas and stuff yeah. like that where like they mislead you and then there's a story of redemption you know what i mean or whatever he i mean harry potter snape yeah yeah exactly it's the same exact kind of thing mm-hmm. thank you for the harry potter reference You're that welcome. totally fits exactly right um so then we go to 91 and uh, we go to the scene that we were sort of alluding to earlier where we're in 91. Molly is being questioned in her room yeah, by some, a police officer. And she's in bed and like she has the covers pulled up all the way up over her face. Like all you see are her eyes. Yep. And she's like full of tears. Yeah. Um, and that's when, yeah, this is when the police officer tells her that they found him at the bottom of the cliff, mm-hmm. which is why I was like, well, Henry's the only one that thinks that he died at his house. Right. And they still don't know where Henry is. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're at trying. And they know that she watches him and like does the light thing probably with right. him Right, is friends with him. So they go to her. She's like the go-to for Henry stuff. So obviously she's a little obsessed. Yes. They know something weird's going on. So um, then when they leave, yeah, because she says she pulls she down knows the nothing. blanket a little bit and she exhales and there's like just steam or air. Breath, yeah. As if she it, the room is cold when they just were talking about how the room was exactly. warm. So I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I just I just put question marks, question marks, because like what the hell is that about? Yeah, I wrote see her breath, question mark. I have no idea on that. No, because... When you see that, you think ghost or yeah, something. It, something supernatural. Exactly. But she has shown no supernatural Maybe she really anything. is psychic. Yeah. The, I, her sister kind of says something weird like that earlier. Like she has... So, like... I don't know what it is, what, she, what the exact quote is. But she says she has some kind of ability or mm. not ability, but like... An assumed ability, like yeah, she, something. like she feels like she has it, right? And they, and her sister mocks it like she's making it up, right? So, okay, so I didn't make that connection earlier, but now the, that's the closest to anything we're gonna get on that right now. Yeah, I just thought it was super weird and just put a bunch of question marks because I had no idea. So then uh, Zaleski calls Henry. Henry's at his house, and Zaleski's um, outside. First off, first oh, off, oh yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Did you notice all the cans of bread in the fridge? I yeah, on the second watch I did. And I, what were your thoughts on having just bread cans <laughs> in the fridge? And the chess piece. He pulled out that chess piece. I missed that again. 
this, I keep this missing damn the chess, chess piece. piece. I'm like, what is going on with this? But yeah. The, I watched it twice and I missed the chess piece. It, was it, so it was in this scene that he pulled it out again? It was the refrigerator scene. What kind of chess piece is it? It's a little white. This one looked like um had a crown, I think, on its head. So it's a king. It, it kind of, A king or a queen. I don't I don't I don't play chess. Yeah. I play checkers. Well, it's one of those two. Yeah, it's a, it, I, I also play checkers, by the way. <laughs> I just know it was a chess piece, and I'm using my hands to, as a visual. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So bread and can in fridge question, um, and then chess piece, and that was bread. I did notice an alarming amount of canned bread in the fridge. Why? <laughs> no, I, I just chalk it up to his mom is sort of loopy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but also, but Pangborn also lives there. So is he in the canned bread too? Also, can we buy bread and can? I don't know. <laughs> I have no because idea. Because that's what I really want to know. Like, can I go to Walmart and get bread in a can? So, um, listeners will probably know this by the time they've downloaded the second episode. But every episode, and this is sort of a Watchers on the Couch thing that Tim always does too. There's the actual title of the show, and then next to that, when you're going to download it, next to that in in quotations or whatever is the joke title for the episode. <laughs> so canned bread has to be for yeah, <laughs> episode two. Just bottles me. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I just, like I said, I talk it up to her being weird and, um, I'm going to have to Google it. She has some sort of fixation. She has like a lot of weird stuff going on. Pingborn says she has like night terrors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what, they, what she, sundowning. That's what it is. Yeah. So, and I know that's a thing. That's an actual thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Your brain just kind of like shuts off and you go into crazy town. I yeah. Think. And, uh, and that happens to people a lot, like in nursing homes and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. yeah. So then Oz calls after the bread mm-hmm. weirdness, then Oz calls. Yeah. Yeah. I should have mentioned the bread. <laughs> and then they meet up. Yeah, so Zaleski calls. He's right outside, by the way. He's like, I shouldn't be calling you. So Henry's like, why did you call me then? (laughs) Um, Henry, in their conversation, um, Henry says he needs proof that the kid exists. He says he'll get protection. This is where he says he's going to file habeas corpus. This is where the episode title comes from. Right. He's going to get protection for Zaleski um, to admit in court that they're covering up this kid. And um Zaleski freaks at that. And yeah, Zaleski's like, no I way. got a kid on the way. Like this we can't do it this way. Yeah. Um He needs the insurance. He says uh, it will take an act of God to get you in that prison. Mm-hmm. You know? And then an Light act of God. Right. <laughs> I think that's pretty good writing. <laughs> um So Henry joins the church from earlier. To get into the prison. Yeah. Through that get program. on the bus. Right. Um, turns out... Uh, next scene we see with, uh, is... A, just a, an officer. Yeah, and a guard or whatever goes to the door of the prison. And you just see... From, you're, the camera's looking from inside the cell out. To the door. Yeah. And you see the guard opening the cell. And he looks in. He goes, holy shit, or something like he that. He says... Uh, and I quote, fuck me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wrote that down. <laughs> uh, I knew he cursed somehow. And then he, uh, then it goes from uh, looking from the outside in and they're pulling out his dead, the Nazi's dead body. Yeah. And there's like a church scene and they're singing because they're mm-hmm. also showing Henry and. Right. And um, they're the arriving gossip. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. As they're, this showing, is they're showing different stuff in between. So I found an Easter egg that I didn't see anywhere online. Okay. And I'm pretty proud of it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Dark Tired people will know this because it's blatantly obvious once you know that this could be an Easter egg. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But people that aren't up on Stephen King, like all these websites that ju- that are putting up Easter eggs, like they know everything. I didn't see this anywhere. I even looked on some like fan sites and it wasn't on there yet either. Okay. So exclusive right here. Nailed it. The cell number is number nine. Okay. And it's very bold and clear on the outside. I was wondering if that meant something. Nine is a number that... Along with 19, 
shows up in the Dark Tower series a lot. Mm. And Stephen King in his writing sort of has these like... <laughs> That's definitely on mic. Hello. Uh, he he knows about this too, apparently. <laughs> um, nine... He, well, okay, so he has... He has he writes with these fixations and like repeats himself when he's trying to get an idea across. And especially when he's like referencing songs and stuff like that too, he'll bring back a song like 30 times in, mm-hmm. in a, to bring back a feeling of a scene from earlier or something like that. So nine and 19 are just numbers that end up showing up a lot. And, and it's sort of like, did you, ever, did you ever see that movie on uh, the number 32 or whatever it was with Jim Carrey a long time ago or 23 yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that? Number 20. Yeah. Something like that. 23. Um, it's one of these numbers that just comes up. Yeah. It keeps going up. Right. And it's, it's really just cause it's coincidental and like numbers are involved in things. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, right. it's not like it's that weird. It's just, it, it, a lot of things add up to whatever. So anyway, number nine, I didn't see that anywhere. I know that's a thing. If they, if it, it could be a coincidence. I don't think that it is in this case because there's so many Easter eggs in this well, in this show. You. That, you know what I noticed in that scene? What's that? Instead of the number nine, but I did notice the number, and I thought I bet that means something. Mm. Um, did you notice that it actually looked like he nailed his head when he walked in that cell door? No, because the officer says like, "Bend your head or uh-huh. watch your head." And he goes in, and he goes to bend his head, but he totally, like, just bam. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, shit, because he's super tall. I understand his pain, <laughs> yeah. That, I, was a, I was playing a basement show in Des Moines, like, last year or something. I must have smashed my head on their AC, like, <laughs> vents at least ten times. It hurts so bad. <laughs> the rest of the day, my head is like pounding, and I had like lumps on it and stuff. I'm gonna, ima- I'm imagining um, on Home Improvement when yeah. Tim would go down into oh, his yeah. basement and he just knock his every head single, every time, single time, time. He would, yeah. <laughs> okay, so almost <laughs> forgot. There's okay, so there's pretty much no way that this can be an Easter egg, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So okay, so they explained on the operating table that this Nazi has a bunch of cancer. He's riddled with cancer. Mm-hmm. There was no signs of this before that. No. Almost certainly the kid has something to do with it, right? Right. Um, in The Outsider, there is something that is very, very, very similar to this. Okay. It has to do with the antagonist character because I'm sure you're going to read The Outsider at some point. I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. But I'm just going to say Easter egg couldn't have happened here, but it is so similar that, like, I don't... Because they wrote it... They wrote this, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. The book was not out a year ago. No. So... And Stephen King, I don't think he would be like, hey, guys, throw this in your show. I he mean, could no, have, but know. I don't think... So you want to hear... Um, Maybe they're just on the same wavelength or something like that. But So this is what Nick said about that scene. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I debunked it on him. Okay. <laughs> and I felt kind of bad. But um, he was like, you know, in uh, The Green Mile, where um, Michael Clark Duncan's character could heal you by touch. Like, what if he could just, like, riddle you with cancer by touch? Yeah. That's and an I, interesting and I, and comparison, I said, though. Yeah. I go, but... Like, he didn't touch Officer Zelensky to make him see those things, you know? So right. I was like, I don't know if it's just a touch thing. Because I, you know, in the Green Mile, it had to be touching you. Yeah. For well, it to, to do something. But I felt like, yeah, there could be something there. But, you know, if he really is the devil, then he can do whatever he wants to kill people. Well, and that's an interesting comparison, though, because the... What's his name in the Green Mile? Um, I can't remember the the... the but... Yeah, yeah, John Coffee. John Coffee. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wonder if the uh, listeners will hear the peanut gallery in there <laughs> giving us. Some... What's funny? The is peanut Nick... gallery is sponsored by Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> Nick did exactly the same yeah. thing last week, and uh, what was funny about last week is like Nick. And you don't know how to handle, like, if someone is going to be off mic talking. So he's, like, whispering in there. But we're like, what? If you're going to tell us something, just tell us something. Hi. So Venom is back. He's ready for pets. You looking. Yep. Okay. So 
Yeah, but oh, what I was going to say is John Coffey, that's an interesting comparison because John Coffey is very like a Christ-like character. Right. And... Does good. Right. And the Nazi is potentially Satan. Yeah. Or not the Nazi. Uh, the kid is potentially a Satan character. So it's just an interesting... Mm-hmm. Balance between those two, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I and I definitely loved what he said. I yeah. was just like, it's, it, you know, like the one guy only could do the by the touch. So yeah. I don't know if it's a direct comparison, but okay, come in here, Lindsay. Um, t- say whatever you're gonna say, say into the mic. So if anybody remembers in the Green Mile, how John Coffey's ca- um, character healed the warden's wife of cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like the backwards effect. Right. Instead of healing, giving. Right. Putting it back in. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. Thank Ouch. you for that. Mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> um, before we go a little bit further here, I want to go back because I forgot to mention a Easter egg. Um, when Henry's in the bar talking to the uh, Torrance lady. Mm-hmm. She's talking about, uh, they're talking about Nan's luncheonette. Yeah. And that's directly taken from uh, Needful Things. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I wrote down Nan's because I I felt like that was. Yeah, pretty blatant um, Easter egg there. So I don't want to not mention that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so. And then this is where it starts to get confusing. Okay, well, yeah, (laughs) so there's the, uh, there's more narration. Yeah. Lazy is saying uh, God told him to never again let him see the light of day. Mm-hmm. As as he's saying this, though, the kid is walking out into walking the sunlight. Out, yeah, he's walking outside because Officer Zelensky shoved him out the door. Yeah, so um, so Henry is right just across the way. Mm-hmm. He takes out his cell phone and he's taking pictures of him and he's saying. I can be your representation. You just have to tell me, you know, and then he doesn't say the kid doesn't say anything and he gets taken back inside. All he says is Henry, Henry Deaver again. Um, is that the part that you're talking about that's confusing or is it after that? No. Well, because it goes back, you know, the whole like voiceover and then like the different scenes intersplice. Okay. Was, yeah. So I then, was having a hard time keeping things in order. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So then um, we go, we see the dog digging up something. And I just want to say I was 100% right. The dog <laughs> the dog finds the head. He found that head. The dog probably is the one that buried it in the first place. Yep. I don't know if that's well, true. Well, but... I mean, okay, but that would make sense because you would think that head would either be like in the car still or if it popped out and flew out the window that it would be kind of... It would be of, right around there somewhere. It would be somewhere around there. But yeah. if the dog saw it happen and then took it... Or then... the dog made it happen... I don't know. I felt like him and that dog had a moment, like a moment of they understanding, moment. like a moment of understanding. I don't want to get so caught up on the dog again, but something's going on with that doggo. He's super cute, though. Yeah, that's a fluffy doggo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like I said, there's uh, there's some narration going on. Um, and then it turns out that the narration that we're hearing is a letter from the warden directly to Pangborn, mm-hmm. which we didn't really know no. that they were so closely connected as they are. Yeah. So I, I absolutely love this. I think that um, it's cool that we're getting payoffs of stuff early. Yeah. And I wrote down some of what he said. I don't know if you did at the, at the end there. I didn't. Go ahead and say whatever you want. So he... Um, says God. Ne- God said, "Never let him see the light of day." Mm-hmm. He told him where and how to build the cage to keep him in, uh, to put an end to the horrors of their town. Right. And he said that God never told him how full of doubt he would be for what they did, mm-hmm. or where he would end up in the end. Right. And then he says... And that's where we see the head. And that's where we see the head. And then the very end of the letter um, that Alan reads, it says they still have a defender even at dead of night. And I think he's referring to Pangborn. Yeah. 
Um, and then Pangborn burns the letter. Right. To, I guess, to show that he doesn't want anyone to know that they yeah, were connected. Has, well, or to keep him safe, you know, the memory yeah. of him safe. Yeah. Um. So... After the, so that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. From here, we have to question, of course, everything is the kid <laughs> Satan, right? I mean, all signs are starting to point to yes, which is why, like, I, I expect a mislead of some kind. Yeah. Um. There. Maybe. Maybe Henry Deaver is is Satan. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think that, <laughs> but that's. That's certainly an idea. I don't know. I they're they're connected for sure mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but it's yeah, interesting be- because they're both they're possibly both falsely accused too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's how th- that that connection is. I do have something on that that I'm going to get to in a minute. Because it seems like uh, when Henry Deaver went missing in '91 was the same time that the warden. Warden Lacey got that message from God mm-hmm. to tell him to build this cage. Right. So one would assume that he appeared sometime soon after that. Right. Um, and maybe we even he appeared 11 days later, just like Henry Deaver. Right. I don't like they both were missing and reappeared. Mm-hmm. At some, or you know what I mean? Like he the the. The kid who might be Satan just apparently uh, appeared. just appeared. Yeah. But we don't, we haven't seen that moment yet. No. We might never. <laughs> he, I'm just imagining, you know, like um, the beam me up. So it's like Star Trek and he just like zaps yeah. into the cage. But okay. But <laughs> does God tell or does this voice or whatever tell Lacey that he's going to appear in there? Because he's building the cage in there. Yeah. Or does Lacey just think that's a place that will be safe once? Maybe he already trapped him somewhere else. Yeah, Maybe he trapped him in his house in the basement. Maybe. And that's why the basement's locked up. Just put that together. Maybe. But, 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 yeah, but, okay, so, I th- my answer to this question of whether he's Satan, I think it's more likely that he's some kind of supernatural being. And because... Lazy is so God fearing or got like is so Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just goes along with that. He's Satan because he's the hearing voices from God. Yeah. And he just, um, he, that's his idea of evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if, and if, if the voice in your head is promising you that once you build this cage and trap this boy, all the horrors that you have experienced firsthand and mm. the town has experienced, like all that goes away, mm. you know, like you're going to think you're going to think, okay. Um, okay. So I have some other interesting theories. I'm just going to throw out there. I was expanding upon this in my mind at work mm-hmm. the other day or yesterday, maybe. And I feel like they're worth mentioning on the show. Okay. So, okay. Um, as we mentioned, Henry and the Satan kid are alike, and then they've both been falsely accused, possibly, right? Lacey thinks the kid is Satan and writes to Paymore telling him he must protect the town from the Satan kid, but then tells the kid to ask for Henry, who has also been ostracized, right? Yeah. Um, so we, and, so we, and is somehow and is kind of related to yeah. Pangborn. So so we have sort of like a paradoxical thing happening here, where he's he, asking, the, he's telling him to ask for Henry, but then also telling Alan to not let him see the light of yeah. day and get out of the cage. So so neither one makes sense. Exactly. So there's some it's something they'll. I'm sure they will pay that off, but it is just. Crazy to try to nail that down right. without all the information. You know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So, you're asking, like, why would Lacey want the kid or Satan to find Henry? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, that's not really theory. That's just, like, a thought. thoughts that I was going through in my head trying to p- pick And also, you would think that he would try to have covered his tracks on that cell block. You know, like... His well, tracks were out so evident of him going down there. He, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't want him, anybody to find him, you wouldn't have, you know. And he told him, like, 
when somebody does find you, because he's assuming that someone will find him. Yeah. It when just, it just does doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, you tell one person, don't. And you keep his fingernails down there, for Christ's sake. Right. You know? But you're telling one guy to, you know, keep it all a secret. It's so confusing. It is confusing. It's But it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So... That's not a that's not a slide on the show. Whatsoever. No, no, it just, it's just weird as fuck. Yeah, and it makes me keep changing my opinion on yeah. everything. So here's a different theory on this whole deal. Okay, maybe Lazy actually wanted the kid let out of prison, as we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. And lying was the only way to accomplish it. So Lacey deceives the kid and tells him. Um. Wait. Okay. So Lazy deceives Satan himself and gets the kid out after Lazy kills himself. So Lazy tells the kid, ask for Henry, and by killing himself, leads inevitably leads people into this area of the prison. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So six and you know. I know that's a weird ass theory that he would just he would be lying to the kid um and 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 pretending like he's trying to see that's that's kind of where I'm going with this is like the warden is actually a bad guy yeah and he's acting like he's he helping. wants to keep him down there but he actually wants to unleash the evil mm. and the only way to accomplish it is by Is that a throw uh, up? That that would be Nicola on oh. top of his perch over there. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's sneezing or coughing. I, I hope the mics caught that. It was a, It was pretty loud. It, he was he, he looks better now. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on whether he might be lying or not? I I was just throwing it out there so I don't know if you have any thoughts about it. Nicola has tons of thoughts. <laughs> He's disgusted by this idea, by the way. He hates it. <laughs> oh, oh off the tracks. That's so funny. I thought it was a cat throwing up, to no. be honest. <laughs> He's fine, I'm sure. I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibilities that like. I don't think lying. anything is out of the realm of possibilities. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Nothing. Okay, so I got one more. Okay. Maybe the kid is Satan himself. And Satan, uh, as we know from such um, worldwide hits as the Bible, Mm. um, he is the ultimate liar. He's the deceiver, right? He's the most evil thing in the universe or whatever. Mm -hmm. The Satan kid, here's what I wrote. Satan Kid deceived Dale Lacey into thinking his suicide was the only option out of this situation. Ah. Satan says that Lacey must kill himself as the only way to escape his responsibility of watching the kid. Dale Lacey asks him to ask for Henry because the Satan Kid has never known Henry in this town. Um... Which put puts Henry at an advantage against Satan. So that's why he asks him to ask for Henry. Uh-huh. So he deceives Satan himself. By telling him to ask for Henry. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the best connection I've been able to make so far in theory. Yeah. <laughs> but And that doesn't connect all the dots, though. Do you, do you think, and I, I like where you're going with that first part especially, do you think that instead of the kid telling him, the kid made him see it? Possibly, you know, like see the what will happen, mm-hmm. and then Lacey was like, "Oh, that is my only option." Yeah. So then he goes through with it, and it sets this chain of events. Mm-hmm. But it could be that the kid was trying to fuck over Lacey and just showing him things that weren't true, just yeah. like he did to Officer Zelensky. Because he's Satan. Yeah, and was like, "This is what's going to happen." Mm-hmm. Wouldn't happen. I just wanted you to kill yourself because yeah. I want to get out of here. But I think Henry in that in a situation like that, Henry is like the wild card. Mm-hmm. He kind of is well, yeah, like cause... overall because he's the outsider of this story. He comes in. He's falsely everybody accused. Hates, well, everybody, everybody hates him. Right. Everybody hates him. He's ostracized. 
he's this character that's going to be the the well for lack of a better term the wild card in the situation that inserts himself into this craziness mm-hmm. and is able to stop this evil from you know spreading even further maybe he's the white knight since he keeps finding all of these stupid chess pieces yeah i i'm you know if it's if the chess piece is a knight i don't i don't, I don't know i still don't know what it is chess piece Hopefully it shows up again because I'm apparently missed it. I don't, I don't it. feel like it was the same one that I saw the first time oh. either. I feel like it was the second one. Well, and then I was like, well, why are you putting them in there? That seems like a weird place in the fridge. But again, bread in the fridge and a can. So I can't really question anything in there. The canned bread is such a uh, an anomaly in this thing that I can't even... Mm-mm. I got no... I, I'll I, say... Out of all the merchandise, I hope there is merchandise of... Bread in a can of I'll some say, sort, a shirt. I don't yeah. know. I'll say definitively that I have zero theories about the canned bread. <laughs> Until next week. Yeah. We may find out, find out more. Do you think that's the off-brand of um, like uh, Pillsbury? Well, okay. On these <laughs> shows, they can't. They, most of the time, they do show like made-up brands because they don't want to pay for the product placement. So maybe they were just really lazy and they were like, bread in a can. Yeah. Or and maybe they, she, And maybe it's one of the, like, the poop and it, like, explodes, you know? She and, shops at Aldi. Yeah. She gets the generic <laughs> brand. Or she goes to Walmart and gets great value. But it also looked like it was in a huge, like, can of beans can. I don't know. I don't know either. It's old people bread. They put it in the fridge in cans. <clears throat> It was a thing. Mm. We must only assume it's a thing. <laughs> um, did you have anything you wanted to mention about any ideas you had or anything like that at the end? I had a couple more things I'm going to share, but that's it. Um, no, I did watch the inside the episode for this one. Yeah. It was very short. I'm yeah, there wasn't. I, yeah, there wasn't really that any any like important information in that one that I saw. No. Um, there was there a preview for episode um three? Did you look? I think there is. There is one. I think so, but I didn't watch it. Um, do you want to watch it and then add that segment that we were talking about onto the end of this episode? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so let's let me go through these last couple of tidbits of information and then we'll do that i uh, forgot to mention at the top there's a cool thing that they just um put on the castle rock uh, website or actually no i'll give you the website here in a second but it's an interactive map of castle rock oh okay so it, it's a overview it's a digital overview and then you can kind of click on different things and it'll bring you down and like give you more information mm-hmm uh, people can find that at studios.ign.com slash castle-rock. Uh, and the co- the bits of information from that thing that you were just talking about, the inside the episode thing that I wanted to mention, is uh, that this entire series is scored by the same guy that did uh, Shawshank. Mm-hmm. And I think he did uh, Green Mile as well. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy. And... Uh, Oh, how they shot it. Yeah, I was going to say. That was really interesting to The me. 1991 stuff is all shot on film, and yeah. then the present day stuff is all shot on digital. So, well, well, any of the flashback stuff. So, right. Yeah. So, even like the stuff that we saw at the beginning of this episode, where yeah, it's like, like the 50s or whatever. or whatever. Um, so, that's pretty cool. It's a, it, You don't... It's a sort of perceivable difference, yeah, but... Yeah, it's very subtle. Right. But and they, you know they didn't make it so jarring where it's like it's like you're watching a movie at Ronnie's in 1990 or something mm-hmm. and you see like little pieces of dirt on the film or yeah, anything like, like the that. cigarette burn marks. yeah right yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I thought that was pretty cool too yeah so it's a nice attention to detail right and they're doing cool stuff like that so you gotta love a show that mm-hmm. pays that close and did you see to... they had like the cougar head mascot in the back oh that's right them. yeah <laughs> i did see that it wasn't covered in blood though no. um okay so let's pause here okay you'll watch the preview you'll explain it to me and then that'll be the end of this episode <gasps> oh. 
I, well, we're there. I don't know what to say. Okay, so let's pause for a second. We're back. Yay! Debbie watched the preview for episode three. It was a minute long. It was one minute long. Okay, so this is the segment called Debbie Explains it the was Preview a, It was to a Chris. lot in a minute. It was a lot. So it starts with New Bitch Warden saying to somebody we didn't see, I think we got off on the wrong foot. So I'm assuming she's probably talking to Henry Deaver. Okay. Um, this episode looks like it's going to be very Molly-centric. All right. Um, I know that the title is the title of whatever that show she's going to be on. Be on is the title of the episode. Okay. Um, they don't really show that at all, like her being on a talk show. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do see, finally, um, the people wearing those weird masks. Okay. Um, we see her... what looked like she was in a church having like a meltdown at the the front of the the church like by the altar Uh um and a lot of flashing of the people in the masks and her freaking out and that's it that was pretty much it you see a couple flashes it's a lot of just different flashes of things and not really anything yeah you you can't really get an idea but it just felt like we're gonna learn a lot more about molly this episode i was when we watched the trailer for the series or the teaser trailers or whatever that was something that i was definitely intrigued by was this room with a bunch of people in masks masks. yeah and i want to say in one of those previews that it showed the satan kid standing in front of them Yes, and they just showed that too, I believe. Because okay. everything, like I said, was really quick flashes of different things going on. So, so maybe he's getting out sooner than we thought he would? Possibly. Or maybe that's in the prison. Maybe he's like astral projecting himself someplace. I don't know. What the fuck? I mean, he did see the taste of sun when he walked outside, so maybe... Uh, so maybe that has triggered him more breaking events. Out? Or, yeah. Who knows? Well, we'll find out next week. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode, people out there in the internet world. If uh, you want to listen to more episodes, you can find them all on watchersonthecouch.com. You can also go there to find all of our socials. You can tweet at us on Twitter, which is where you tweet things. On the Twitters. At WOTCpod. Uh, my Twitter is at Bacon and A's, or you can uh, find me posting stuff about Castle Rock and being generally excited about lots of things <laughs> on Instagram at Bacon and A's. Uh, that's also the, the title of my other podcast, Bacon and A's. Don't go to my Instagram. I don't post anything. I went to your Instagram today, and the last one is from like July 5th. <laughs> of last year. Maybe you could start doing that. At a that. book signing. What? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Do you even want to give your Instagram out on this? I don't even know what it is. It's at Brody the Wild Child. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> Brody used to be my ferret. I, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I promise I wasn't creeping. Mm-hmm. I was just seeing what's going on over I there. I have like seven or eight photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I think that's all we need to say at the end of the episode. Um, until next time, keep being a constant watcher. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.